1: Welcome to breaking news coverage on this Sunday afternoon. John Bishop, Josh Peterson, and producer Josh Ogden. Uh, I, I always mess up your Odson. last name. Ogden. Yeah. He does. Ogden. 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 Yeah. Ogden. I always it's just only call been your co-worker Josh. for like two years. I know, but I've never actually said his last name before. I just call him producer Josh. I call him Braves fan Josh. But anyway, I've been called uh, worse. Yeah. Uh, John, Josh, and Josh. Today on this breaking news coverage, Trev Alberts scheduled to speak in mere minutes, seconds, perhaps. And we will go to that live right here on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com and Zone TV. Trev Alberts announcing earlier today in a press release that was put out at 1230 that Scott Frost has been fired after four plus seasons and a one and two start to this season uh, for Nebraska football. Reactions continuing to uh, to trickle in. Of course, the media scrum right now is rather huge as I'm seeing some pictures from behind the scenes. A lot of folks being able to gather up their stuff and get ready to go. Connor uh, Happer just uh, tweeted us and said, Trev Alberts is walking in right now. Okay, So uh, we will be headed to the podium in mere seconds. Good on Trev. He's a punctual man. He's an on-time man. And uh, once he gets started... We will uh, go to that press conference live from Lincoln. So, uh, stand by for Trev Alberts, and he'll be taking, I assume he'll be taking questions today from the media. We don't believe that anyone else is scheduled to speak today uh, at this press conference. We believe it is just going to be Trev Alberts.
2: And, by the way, we're also on 101.9 The Keg right now as well. All of this coverage, Husker
1: coverage on the zone, powered by tickets for less thank you tickets for less so again mere moments away from the start of the news conference with trev alberts a nebraska athletic director to uh go through the details of his decision making process as to why he is letting scott frost go uh after four plus seasons the record 16 and 31 it is the worst winning percentage by a Nebraska coach to have this much time at the helm since Bill Jennings, and uh, we got him, Josh. All right, let's listen to let's Trev. go to Trev Alberts in Lincoln.
3: Tell you that I really wanted this thing to work. Our donors wanted it to work. Everybody wanted it to work, and so uh, in a way, it's unfortunate and sad that we're, that we're here today. So I want to thank Scott. I also want to thank uh, Mickey Joseph. Uh, for taking on this role i felt like there's nine games left in the season and uh, i think we owed it to the players we owe it to our fans to give these players an opportunity these last nine games Um, we've got good players on this football team and so having a different voice and and having some new energy and enthusiasm i'm hoping uh, can make a difference for this team and then third and finally i think at the end of the day there has to be accountability when you run a professional organization that um, has high standards, accountability has to matter. And you know, Scott and I talked about this very clearly. 16 and 31, obviously, was was not at a level that um, was acceptable to us. So, I met with Scott this morning at 11 o'clock. I'll just kind of walk you through um, the process of the day. I met with Scott at 11 o'clock and and informed him I want you to know that Scott was extremely collegial and he understood. Um, I wasn't surprised because I know how much Scott loves this place and I think that's really important. Um, We then both had an opportunity to go down and meet with the team. Uh, We sent an email to our team. Most of the team was here so we got to meet with our team and uh, Scott was with me and I thanked the team and I thanked Scott in front of the team for all of his hard work. I think the team really cares about Scott and I know Scott really cares about the team. I then gave Scott an opportunity to spend time himself with the team. And so we all left and Scott spent time with the team and and, uh, those conversations will remain with the team and Scott. And then finally I invited uh, Mickey Joseph and and Mickey came in about 11.45 and uh, and spoke to the team and, and walked them through some of the changes that he envisioned. Uh, I communicated to Mickey that Mickey's the head coach. Um, I won't meddle in Mickey's decision-making process. I encouraged Mickey to be the head coach and make decisions as the head coach. And so uh, he'll ultimately have an opportunity probably with all of you to explain. I think there will be some changes. He explained some of the changes with the team. There'll be some structural changes and things that I think Mickey believes in which will uh, will be good going forward. He can explain all that to you. I um, just want to tell you a little bit about the process going forward, and we'll open it up to questions. Um, obviously, we're going to do a national search. You know, We're going to engage some third-party help, mostly for logistics and other things. want you to know as well, and I would encourage our fans and everyone to recognize, there will be a lot of rumors out there. There's going to be a lot of innuendo. Um, I want you to know that, that these sort of decisions and processes are not made in a silo. I have a lot of great mentors and friends that we'll be working with. Um, And ultimately, you know, in a prior life, I have relationships with a lot of coaches in this business, and I intend to reach out to a lot of people. And so if you hear that Trev Alberts reached out to XYZ Coach, it doesn't mean that I've offered the job to XYZ Coach. I think there's some fabulous coaches out there that have a perspective about our job that I could benefit from. And so I'm going to reach out to a lot of people. And so if you hear that Trev Alberts reached out to XYZ coach, it might very well be true. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to hire that coach. I'd like to get that perspective. I'd like to get a perspective of a coach who isn't here right now about our job and what the uniqueness is and the needs and those sorts of things. So just want to be clear about that process. Obviously, there's been some changes in college football with the early signing date and transfer portal. There are considerations as we go forward as well. But most importantly, I'm going to do everything I possibly can like I think we did for Scott, uh, to support Mickey Joseph and the staff as best we possibly can. It's a group of young men that they're hurting, um, and, you know, they they care deeply about this place. And so we're going to do everything we can to support them and help them. They've got nine games left. We've got a great opportunity this weekend against Oklahoma, and so we're going to support them as best we can going forward. All right, I guess we'll open it up from comments and questions here.
0: Why, why now is opposed to October or the end of the
3: season? That's a good question. It's a fair question, Annie. It's, you know, at, at this point I just felt like, um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we, we owed it to the players, you know, uh, to give them uh, a different voice, perhaps slightly different vision, give them some confidence and opportunity. We've got nine games. We've got seniors on this team that have invested a lot for a long time. And uh, I know how disruptive these changes are. You're not just affecting the player's life, you're affecting all the coaches and their family, and I understand that. Um, but we needed to do something. We needed to inject something into this team to give them the confidence and, and hopefully help them compete. I'd, nothing would uh, please me more than to, to see a pretty significant change and help this team get over the hump and win some games. The,
4: the buyout was supposed to drop in half uh, on October 1st. How, how did you handle that? Was, it, was there a negotiated settlement? Or did Scott get the $15 million?
5: There's no negotiated
3: settlement. The University of Nebraska has a long history of living up to what we've agreed to. And so um, the contract is what the contract is. And, of course, the university will uh, comply, as we always do.
4: Did you have to summon any outside help from boosters?
2: To- yeah, I won't get into
3: any discussions about outside boosters or any of that sort of thing. But...
2: When, when did you actually make the decision? Last night?
3: Yeah, I think last night. Uh, not a lot of slept. Uh, you know, didn't sleep a lot, Andy, and, and uh, a lot of us didn't. But, um, you know, some real concern um, throughout the first couple games and, you know, wanted this thing to work, wanted to give a little extra time. And I think last night and then through the night and then into this morning, um, I really felt like, um, you know, we needed, needed to make a change.
5: If they'd won, would that have changed like
3: if, if they get a stop? You know, I don't, I don't know, Sam. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the what ifs if they stopped here on third down or got this. I mean, I, I don't think that's really healthy. We are where we are. We're 16 and 31. And I want to give this group of players an opportunity to have a different voice um, to try to win some games this year. Would
0: you, do you have a short list of coaches you're considering at this point? Would you? Or you just starting with a very broad... Well,
3: Steve, I, I want to first say, first of all, we have not engaged in any third-party folks. I have not talked to any agents of any football coaches. We were all in to help Scott be successful. Everybody wanted Scott to be successful, and I believe Scott wanted Scott to be successful as well. Um, so, listen, yeah, anybody in my, in, in my position has a group of, of folks that, that they admire, and... Um, at the end of the day, for us, we need to, you know, get some clear definitions about what those coaching qualities look like. You know, what what is our unique culture need in terms of coaching, and ultimately, what is our culture going to be as a team? So, yeah, there's a group of people that I'm well aware of and interested in, would like to talk to, um, and we'll go through that as as we move forward. But right now, in the immediacy, Steve, we've got an opportunity to support uh, support the team as they move forward.
5: What chance does Mickey Joseph have to earn the job on the?
3: Well, I met with Mickey and I told him, you know, we were going to do a national search. And uh, so um, we'll, we'll continue to do a national search and we'll see how, how the season unfolds. Um, but I think we have an opportunity, you know, to hire a, an outstanding coach that can lead our program. And I'd love to see Mickey, you know, grow into that. And we'll just see where it goes. Um, but, again, we'll do a national search. And, and if at that point... You know, Mickey is, a, is an obvious candidate. Uh, um, he'll be part of that conversation as well.
0: Trev, where do you, you know, I guess, what kind of expectations do you have for the program now? I mean, where, what do you think
1: the ceiling is and where would you
0: like the team to go from here?
3: Well, I won't get into specific, you know, ceilings or where to go. Listen, I, we've said all along, I'd I just love to see this team continue to grow, compete, make progress, have a team that represents the values of Nebraskans, be tough, win a line of scrimmage, do the fundamental things that teams need to do to win games, and, uh, and I think we can get there. You know, we, we'll stop talking about championships or stop talking about things we used to do. We'll just get really process-oriented, detail-oriented, and, and ultimately, when you start doing those fundamental championship habits type things, as I think about them, uh, those types of wins and things follow. But we need to stop focusing on that. We need to stop foc- f- start focusing on those small fundamental things that ultimately lead to those types of things. And so four. those are the things we'll do. What
5: are three or four qualities that you really want in a good head coach? you hire hired many head coaches <coughs> at other places. Talking intangibles, not necessarily you know, you um, know, resume Resonating. You know, Sam,
3: I've always believed that, um, you know, great coaches are, are people of character. Um, you know, I, I think they're, they're people managers you know, they're culture builders. I think they're grinders. A lot of the great ones don't have a whole lot of hobbies. It's all they know, you know? And, um, you know, so, so, so those types of things, and I, you know, I think young people, as we've moved forward, have changed a little bit, so I think uh, being able to identify and relate to the modern student athlete and all that they're going through and all of the new things like NIL and all those types of things are very important. But the basic fundamentals of authentic leadership, I mean, is this somebody that the players are willing to follow? I mean, it's just basic types of leadership things that are really, really important to me. And I like people who hate to lose. I like people who hate to lose more than they enjoy winning. And I gotta be really careful when I say those things because I certainly don't mean to infer and imply that our previous coach didn't have those things. And I wanna be very clear about that. That's not fair to Scott. What I'm saying is, is that's what I have found, no matter if it's a football coach, basketball coach, or a volleyball coach, there's some very core and key fundamental characteristics that help to define each of them, and those are the types of things that I believe in as well.
1: Trey, when you look at the coaching market and just the salaries and how much they've gone up, how competitive can Nebraska be in this current market of coaching salaries?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm well aware of, of where the market has shifted in terms of compensation, and, and uh, at a place like Nebraska, you know, we're blessed to be in a position to, to meet market demand, and certainly resources won't be an impediment towards hiring the type of coach that we want to lead the Husker program.
0: One, one more mixed argue that this
3: didn't work. You know, Andy, I, um, you know, I hadn't put a lot of thought into that, Andy, but I, 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 I thought it would work. You know, and uh, listen, we all have short memories, but uh, Scott Frost was uh, among the absolute leaders in that cycle of coaching. And uh, uh, Scott's a good football coach. Scott, Scott's gonna go on and be a successful coach. I told him that this morning. And, uh, and, and, and he agreed, you know, Sc- Scott's a good football coach. Um, and the right situation for him will emerge, and I think he'll be very successful. I was determined uh, to work with him um, and try to balance, Andy, that, that, that very delicate balance of not meddling, because it's the last thing I think administration should do, is start dictating to coaches how they operate their deal, but be supportive. And, um, uh, But it is what it is, it didn't work, and um, that's why we're here today.
0: What are some of the specific qualities he has that made him right for this role?
3: Well, Mickey's an energetic guy. Um, you, some of you have interacted with him already. He's pretty black and white. And, um, you know, I was in there when he talked to the team. And, and uh, you know, he, I think, sees this as a real opportunity for him as well professionally. And all of you will get a chance to to talk to Mickey. Um, you know, I think he has an infectious personality. I think that's important. Um, you know, he's he's been some places. So I think that benefits him. I think he has some different feelings about structure and approach and how he'll handle practice and some different things. Um, So there'll be some immediate, fairly significant changes into his approach. And uh, he had a very poignant conversation with the team today uh, that I thought they took very well. And um, at the same time, I think, like Scott, Mickey will will love them and seek to serve them.
5: This being a unique program, what sort of qualities do you look for in a in a person to run this kind of from that specific side of it, which is the intense interest and in all that?
3: Well, I you know I don't know if there's anything specific to you know how magnified the role is. You know, I I, I certainly think it it has to be somebody that um, has a servant leadership mentality. You know, that's here to serve young people. Um, that perhaps sees a picture bigger than. Um, than themselves, if you will. Uh, But I I don't think anything specific. I mean, every single job in college football has challenges. This job has advantages to other jobs and it has some disadvantages. It's the same thing with every job in college football. We have 1.8 million people in this state. That's not gonna change. But we got some built-in advantages here. So we need to play to our strengths and build on those, right? And so the right kind of coach, I think, sees this as an opportunity um, to rebuild and build something special here.
5: Why don't you think it worked? I mean, you've been here now for uh, how many, however many games, 15? 15, 15 games. Why, why do you think uh, Nebraska was 4 and 11 in those games?
3: Sam, I don't know. And, you know, and I'm not trying to be flippant with you. If I knew, um, we would have made some changes. Um, I don't know the answer to that question
5: you see something in Frost coaching style, whether in practice or in games, that uh, disappointed you or frustrated you?
3: You know, I, I, I could spend a lot of time. I don't want to spend a lot of time going backwards and looking at and evaluating Scott, only because I think at this point it's a little unfair to Scott. We've moved on. You know, certainly there's things that you observe and you'd see and you'd say, well, maybe I'd do something different. We would have conversations. But at the end of the day, Scott Frost was the head coach. And I promise you, Scott made decisions that he thought were in the best interest of the University of Nebraska. They were genuine. He believed that in his heart, okay? And so um, that's really important. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time evaluating uh, Scott's performance over the last five years. I think, you know, at the end of the day, Scott's no longer the head coach here, and we'll move on and, and look forward to. I think you'll see some of those changes that, and you'll get to talk to Coach Joseph about that, but. Uh, Mostly, I just want to salute Scott, and uh, you know he'll always be a Husker, and he's from the great state of Nebraska, and always be welcome here, and, and uh, we want to support him in that role.
5: Other questions for Trent? What's the you uh, uh, timeline? You ideally want to have a coach in place, whether it's Mickey or it's someone else, right after the season, or like how long is that? You doing that taking?
3: Well, I I do think there's some benefits in terms of making the decision when we've made it. Uh, I think this gives us an opportunity to really, you know, do the necessary work. We need to dive into a real process and a detail-oriented process that talks to a lot of people. That's why I mentioned earlier, you're going to hear about a lot of names. That's good. That means we're going to talk to a lot of people uh, because we're going to clearly define what our values are, and we're not going to hire coaches who don't believe in what we believe in, Sam. And so we need to take as long as it takes to find the right leader. Um, So is there an ideal timeline? Sure, I mean, you could naturally look at some of these timelines, early signing date, and say it'd be really nice to be able to get the person in place by then because it would allow us to do that. But we won't make decisions or rush things uh, just to get a coach hired. Uh, We're also not gonna try to win the press conference. All right, at the end of the day, we need to hire the right leader and the right fit. And that's a really important thing here as well.
1: We do you to the recruits at all? Do we have a chance to visit with the recruits? Or we let the coaches just kind of handle that from here on out? Just to... I'll do what,
3: whatever Mickey asked me to do. You know, I, I really enjoy talking to the recruits, prospective recruits. You've probably seen me out on the field. And, and uh, I really enjoy talking to those young men. Um, I will do anything I possibly can to be supportive of the football coaching staff, but I will not get in the way. And so ultimately, What I would do with Scott is, every time we talked, I'd ask, how can I help? Am I doing anything that's counterproductive? I'll do the same thing with Mickey. What can I do to help? I want him to be successful, uh, because ultimately that means our young men are being successful. Uh, So I'll do whatever Mickey and the staff ask me to do.
5: Trev, for you personally, do you feel like the hiring of of this next coach will define your tenure as Nebraska's athletic director?
3: Well, I think you guys will probably define my tenure. Uh, that's how it works, but uh, no, I you know I don't think about those kinds of things. you know, I'm no different than Scott. I love the University of Nebraska and and uh, like I said earlier, um, I'd really hoped uh, that the day I got introduced here as the athletic director that I'd never have to be doing this. Um, we really I, I really thought that I could work with Scott and uh, that's what everybody wanted so, We'll, we'll do the right things, we'll do the best that we can. Uh, every decision we make here, whether it's right or wrong, we'll learn later, but they are always done with what we think is in the best long-term interest of the University of Nebraska and our Athletic Department. And this place will always be bigger than any one person. And that is the way it has to be. And so we'll, uh, we'll do the very best that we can, and we'll dive into the details We'll surround ourselves with with good people, and um, we'll uh, we'll identify the next leader of Husker football. Back to Mickey for a
0: second. Um, why him, as opposed to anyone else on
3: the stop? Well, you know, I I think that you know you, I went through a lot of folks too. I mean, you can naturally make certain arguments, certain places, and you know, Mickey's not calling the plays. You know, Coach Whipple is, and so. There's a lot of responsibilities for the head coach that lie outside of football. You can only imagine with, you know, Fox coming this weekend, and you know we we need to have Coach Whipple focused on game planning and play calling all week, and and obviously defensively we've got some fairly significant adjustments to make, and so Chins has got to be really focused there, and so, and I again I think I think that Mickey, uh, his personality, is energy and enthusiasm, um, I I think can. Uh, uh, we need a different voice, right? We, 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 need to, we need to provide hope for these young men. I mean, you've got a lot of young men in that locker room that, at the end of the day, this is a – football is a tough sport. You have to force yourself to do things you don't want to do physically. And so having somebody that can pull that out of you and motivate you to do that um, – and in my observations of Coach Joseph, I think he has some of those attributes, and I'd like to see him uh, – a function in that role. Anything else? Was
1: sure. there anyone else related to their duties today, or was it just Coach
3: Frost? Just Coach Frost. Again, Mickey Joseph is the head coach, and uh, if he chooses to make some of those additional changes, uh, we will support those changes as well. But I am not aware of any of those that he anticipates at this time. Thank you.
1: And that is the conclusion of our press conference with Trev Alberts. He spoke for about 20 minutes as he recaps the decision of the day, and that is to release Scott Frost from his duties. Scott Frost no longer the head football coach at Nebraska. Let's reset the situation now. Uh, John Bishop, Josh Peterson, producer Josh Odson uh, from our studios in Omaha. And uh, we appreciate you being out there today. Uh, we have been on the air really since the story broke just shortly after 1230 this afternoon. Had some questions, yes. You'll be able to recap uh, if you've missed any of our uh programming so far. Uh, you'll be able to find it on the big red overreaction page on the radio replay section of 1620thezone.com. Also, if you're watching on Zone TV, our YouTube channel, uh, once this actually you can rewind, and go you can rewind it to the real beginning, yeah. Time. You can go back in time right now if you want to, or Once the program ends, it'll be archived there as well. So you'll be able to catch everything that you may have missed so far. I believe Connor Happer is going to join us when he gets an opportunity uh, here momentarily. So uh, Connor will join us. He was in the room today in Lincoln. But to just kind of recap or react, I guess, to what um, Trev Albert said, as we expected, there's the sense of needing to promote at least some hope for the rest of this season. Uh, He did intimate that there would be some changes structurally that he said Mickey Joseph would announce. But then at the end of the press conference, (laughs) you mentioned chins by name. Yeah. So some people who may have heard that and said, well, is Mickey Joseph going to make a move on, you know, uh, defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander?" it would appear as if that's not the case. Now, what the changes are structurally, it could be, honestly, it could be in relation to game day responsibilities. Technically, Nebraska does need another, a full-time assistant um because they've lost scott frost and with mickey moving into that yeah, uh-huh. they actually have room to maybe elevate somebody who is an analyst to a quote-unquote temporary or interim full-time position so there may be some of those things that they have to talk about john i bet the media is gonna
2: i bet the the, the assistants are gonna speak again that that is like a quick thing yeah. that i think is gonna be like hey look it's different
1: that's just yeah. a theory of mine. Yeah, that was that was one thing that uh, that ended uh, before the season started. Was they weren't allowing the assistants to speak anymore, <clears throat> with the exception of uh, Whipple and Chenander. So that may change. So there'll be some structural things, and we presume. I've not seen uh, anything from the university. I'm presuming that we hear from Mickey Joseph tomorrow at the usual, the usual Monday conference. Now that has not been confirmed. I'm going off assumption because there has not been an additional addendum to the initial press release. So we may not find out some of that stuff till tomorrow. But yeah, we, we will certainly see. Uh, one of the I other things that, that he mentioned too, Josh, real quick yeah. was yeah, a how it's gonna be a national search and that Trev's gonna reach out to a lot of people, but don't assume that people I'm reaching out to are necessarily my targets. And I think that's a very shrewd way- Yes, it is. Of acknowledging that yes, Somebody that some Husker fans are thinking would be a perfect new head coach will be in town next week on the Fox broadcast. I'm talking about Urban Meyer there. That may be Trev's way of saying, hey, you might see me interact with Urban Meyer. You may hear that I had words with Urban Meyer, but do not assume that everybody I talk to is necessarily a candidate. So, uh, I think that was a that was a really interesting way to put maybe that rumor to bed. Now, listen, people are going to run with it anyway. The Urban Meyer stuff has already caught fire. It's been on. It's been smoldering for weeks now. Now it's going to be a full out on. Uh, especially this week, it's going to be a full out fire. You and I are both in agreement. Trev's not going to make that move. No, but I may actually talk to Urban Meyer because, for what all of his faults or or whatever his connections may be he d- still has connections and he would be an interesting person to talk to if you were looking for another head coach if if for anything else it's just hey are you here who do you like out there or what what kinds of things are you here
2: yeah exactly uh, also just his acknowledgement too of rumors like that's basically how he opened his press conference saying like you're gonna hear and he mentions that he just just saying that word I don't know man. he he, he seemed ready a couple of things that stood out to me um it, it, throughout this one I think one probably resonated with you as well, given that some of the conversations you had last night on big red overreaction. a quote, we are where we are. We're 16 and 31. I thought that that was a shrewd way to say, it's not that they're one and two. It's not that they just lost to North Dakota, but they are a 16 and one organization. The other thing was, and I didn't get the exact quote. I wish I had it, but Trev mentioned near the end wanting grinders and those that don't have hobbies, and I found that one
1: about, you know, great coaches are the ones that typically don't have a lot of hobbies.
2: That one is pretty interesting. That one is pretty interesting. So those, uh, those stood out to me uh, quite a bit. I mean, look, given that he is, it was a media personality, he kind of, he really knows how to do these types of things. I I thought he was out ahead of stuff throughout it. Um, And I guess one more thing that stood out to me, John, and that was, When he was asked, I believe it was by Andy Kendi, uh, about um, did he make the decision last night and then Sam followed up and like, hey, what would have happened if they would have won? I mean, in that moment, it was it was pretty obvious, pretty obvious that the decision had been made before last night and that last night was in a way kind of uh, permission to uh, to decide to do this now. By the way, we have uh, – do we want to go to Connor? Connor is, uh, is available with us. Yeah, let's do. Uh,
1: and uh, uh, I guess we need to also kind of make a decision, too, on how long we're going to go with this. We've been on since 1230, so Uh huh. I'm thinking maybe we just take it to the top of the hour and, uh, and call it a day. And, of course, we'll have plenty of more reaction tomorrow with Damon yeah. and Gary at 6, Connor at 10, and Josh and I will be back at two o'clock by the way we have missed some amazing nfl finishes some games know, are still going on and apparently college kickers are now nfl kickers because they're missing field goals and pats laces right. out cincinnati laces, yeah, is laces out. out laces out indeed uh let's uh let's go to uh lincoln up in the press box is connor happer our colleague from the connor happer show uh connor thanks a lot for uh for coming on just kind of well first give us kind of just what the mood in the room was and then i'd be curious to hear what your thoughts on everything that's happened so far today
4: yeah, I, I always appreciate it. And hello, guys! You've been on for three hours. Congratulations on our Sunday. Hi. Yeah. Very, very well done. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always impressed with the way Trev sort of like, you know, a, he he commands the room without being like the, you know, the the biggest sort of figure in the room. He's really confident and he's and he's really transparent, you know, and and even and that doesn't mean you can like bait him into asking a question that that he doesn't want to give the answer to either. If he doesn't want to answer the question, he will to answer the question too. We saw that, you know, a couple of times today. So I'm always sort of impressed with, with his sort of transparency and, and right off the bat talking about how you're going to hear a lot of things and there's going to be a lot of people who may get, may get talked to by me or a third party or something like that, and that doesn't mean we're going to hire him. So I thought he set the tone pretty well. Um, without looking back too much, I, I don't know, for, for our sake. I think I wanted maybe a little bit of more of a retrospective, but maybe we weren't going to get that anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it, it set the tone, and this is going to be probably a, a lengthy deal here, But um, and and it set the tone for, for Mickey in, in the last couple months of the season here too. So I'm really intrigued in what happens and what he says on Monday or Tuesday or whenever it happens um, and, and the changes that he's going to make.
2: You know, Connor, we talked about it last week on and off the air after the simple column went up, you know, where he mentioned if Nebraska loses to Georgia Southern, he could get fired that night. We were all like, wait a second. Did did we miss something? And we are all theorizing about it. And I think maybe by by the time yesterday arrived, I think a lot of us maybe were in that camp. How do you think things turn so quickly? You've had a lot of time to think about the why today of it all over the last few hours. Have you been able to land on anything in particular? I just think, you know, like the more that I thought about it, Josh, like, I I guess the thing I kept coming back to was
4: maybe the, the seater, the seat was hotter than we ever thought it was to begin with. I mean, or the the margin for error for Scott was thinner than we ever sort of thought it was, or at least we perceived it to be at the beginning of the year, um, you know, to where I heard you guys a little bit before, before I came on here, but I I think, you know, last night, um, you know, he. Trev said Ross or or Trev said he made the decision last night after the game, but that, that wasn't it. Obviously that wasn't the sole determination. And, and what happened, it was a lot leading up to that. And um, so, you know, he's a, he's a really calculated guy. And, um, you know, I think maybe you want to act on some things and then, you know, maybe take a step back from it. I think he likes to take the emotion out of decisions and, you know, so maybe, this was a thought a few weeks ago, and then you stepped back and just sort of needed that that okay, that go ahead and and they got it in a in a historic loss last night.
1: Connor Happer joining us from Lincoln. Um, obviously, uh, there was a lot of things um, that happened last night that that that, I guess the straw that broke the camel's back. And I, and I guess it's, it's crazy how quickly things can change, isn't it? That, yeah. you know, it wasn't that long ago where the idea of firing Scott Frost, you still would have had a mini revolt take place among the fan base. And yeah, we, you know, I see a few stragglers. I was listening again to the post-game call-in show last night on, on the, uh, on the Husker network after we finished up big red overreaction. And yeah, there's still a few folks out there that, you know, believe that Scott was the one and they need to give him more time and all those same excuses. But man, last night it just was it seemed so final. And it was just like the giant yeah. cutting board, just whoom. Just that the axe coming down for a vast majority of the fans. And 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 it was just a weird, it was a weird night. And it's continuing just a a weird, you know, last, dare I say, 20 years of this program where where Scott Frost goes from being the chosen one to now being, you know, escorted out the door. I I honestly, Connor, five years ago at this time, if you would have told me this was how it was going to play out, I would have said no way in hell.
4: No, absolutely no chance. I've talked. To, I, we've had a lot of checkpoints over the last couple of years, and been sort of talking to people about it. It's like no way he could convince me it was going to go this way. I just wonder, because you're talking about the mood ar- around here, and I think it probably didn't come to a supr- come as a surprise to Frost when he was fired this morning. So I, I like I wonder, and, and I talked a little bit about this on my show and and other things too, but. I thought that emotion on that in that North Dakota win, the press conference afterwards, I, I felt like that was sort of he felt as if the walls were really closing in, and there was no way they were going to be able to dig themselves out of this hole. So at that point, he knows whether it's you know a week or a month or whatever, it's probably going to happen, and they're not going to be able to figure it out. I wonder when that really because it goes. I mean, John, you're talking about it like at the beginning, you couldn't have convinced me that this was going to happen. So when did it first happen in Frost's head where he was like, man, I just don't know if we're going to be able to do this. I don't know if we're going to be able to get the job done. I, and I think, you know, I, I think you could make a variety of, of guesses there. It, I, I would certainly think that it was before this year, um, but that that's an interesting one that I've been thinking about, too.
2: Connor, I'm going to ask a question that I, I imagine we're going to get asked a lot um, in the in the really days, weeks, months and, and perhaps years to come. And that is the like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? John just said something that has certainly stuck with me five years ago. I, I, I cannot imagine somebody saying and there's been a lot of revisionist history. I loved hearing like 800 callers last night. You know, I never actually wanted frost. Um, huh. But why why did this happen? How, how did this happen that 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 the program got to this place? where, I mean, he, he was barely able to make it four years, and he got fired, you know, before we even get to mid-September?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, from a football standpoint, you, you could approach it from a whole bunch of different ways. I mean, you could look at it from the football standpoint. From there, it's they were, I think, a little a little obviously overconfident coming in. Um, this is obviously revision history, too, Josh, because this is something I think a lot of people were applauding at the time. Um, and when they talked about chemistry on the staff, but he brought his entire staff um, mm-hmm. from UCF, and I don't think you know that has aged too well, obviously. No. And they were a little overconfident in what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. They learned some lessons early, um, and then I think had a difficult time sort of you know letting the letting what it what they were going to be at first go, and fully changing over to what they needed to be to win games in the conference and, and the, those were totally completely different things. Um, and I think they they struggled with that and it culminated uh, in last year getting really close, you know there's there's the word close um, in a whole bunch of different times and I think that team was was pretty good and man, it, you know you those a lot of those games could have gone differently. Um, but it ended last year, you know and, and this year was always going to be a, a, a gamble, a lottery ticket um and they pulled the plug through three games i there's there's so many different ways you can go with that question whether it's from football or or how frost is looking at things or his confidence and or the staff and the changes they've made along the way but i it's all that stuff together right
1: yeah and now you kind of wonder now granted <laughs> It's so unusual because we've never done this before where all the coaching changes have happened at the end of a season. So all you had was the coaching search and the future to talk about. But the future also has a near term, and that is 75% or nine games of your regular season still remain. I wonder what the expectation is for the rest of this season. And, and I know that maybe doesn't sound like that important of a question, but you still have nine games left. You still have a chance to maybe salvage something. You know, Trev didn't totally shoot down the idea that Mickey Joseph couldn't be a candidate at the end. Yeah. But he also said, hey, we're, I told Mickey, we're doing a national search. So it's not like Mickey Joseph right now is is that this is necessarily being treated as a tryout for a future upgrade in position. But that said, just from our standpoint, just just for the entertainment of the fans standpoint, there's still nine games left in the season. I wonder what a realistic expectation of success is for these final nine games so that 2022, which is already going to be noted for the end of Scott Frost, at least has something else written about it in the history books.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what it is in a in a win loss total. Um, I I wonder. You know, when you ask that question, I wonder like, okay, they have a new voice and a new maybe a new attitude, and and Mickey's going to do some things and change some things, and that's that's all good, and they may, might be able to salvage something from that regard. But like the thing that I kept coming back to in the first three games, and it still stands today, is their defense sucks. Like, you know, like yep. how are they going to get stops on people? So. I don't, I don't know if it turns in terms of wins and losses. Cause they, I mean, one thing that you could applaud, you know, Scott and his staff for always is they never like, they never quit. They, it, it was never 2017. It was never 20, 2007, you know? So they weren't going to quit on him. And, and that's, you know, honestly, you know, applaudable. So like, I don't, I don't know how, whether it's a defensive change in the way that they play, it's still the defensive coordinator. So I, I'll be curious. I mean, Trev hinted at this a couple of times, So when Mickey talks on Monday or whenever Mickey talks for the first time as the head coach, like, what are some of the things that he sees? Because he clearly sees something that could be changed right away and and can help this team in particular. I just I'm curious to see where that goes, because ultimately, I just don't know if you have that many more options that you can, you know, that many more buttons you can push to fix their issues on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Connor, uh, before we let you go, obviously you'll, I assume you'll be on the air during Mickey's press conference tomorrow. And that's when John and I are, I think, and I'm guessing you're in the same boat. I think that's when we all are expecting it to happen. What do you want to hear from him? I guess like what would, if you could ask him a question, what would, what would you ask him?
4: Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I don't think he'll get too retrospective um, on, on what he's seen and experienced in his, in his first couple months here. Um, but I do think he'll lay out, uh, you know, his, his plan and his idea. I I, I would imagine that, um, he was at least sort of prepared for this, for this opportunity and may have been part of the, you know, selling point in him coming here. He's got the associate head coach tag already had it. So, um, just, I mean, just the plan and the vision, I suppose, even though it's, it's your backs are up against the wall. I'm like, what are you really going to get out of it? I was I mean, it was really interesting to hear Trev talk about Mickey and his his candidacy for the job, um, and the potential of that happening and then also, you know, some of the things that he didn't talk about specifically the things that he think he he can change right away, but there clearly are things. So I mean, just sort of laying out what this program looks like and they they can fix right off the top right away with only one guy gone. It'll be really intriguing to see the difference of that.
1: Connor Happer, you'll be able to hear him tomorrow at 10 a.m. with the Connor Happer Show. Connor, we appreciate you uh, joining us from Lincoln, and we will see you tomorrow.
4: Yep, thanks, guys. Uh, Really, you know, did a great job today. You can, you know, check it out on the podcast. People are asking about the podcast. So uh, great job today. Sorry, I couldn't be there a little bit, but uh, happy oh,
1: to help good. anyway. Yeah. Hey, you drove to Lincoln, so yeah. You know. Yeah, we did you something. Did your, you did your did your bid for God and country, and you owe you know uh you owe producer Josh something because he's also you know he's working. Yeah, on shout time. out to Josh O as well. Yeah, Josh. Indeed. Awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right, uh, Connor Happer from Lincoln. Later, Happer. box. Uh, let's take our uh, one last break. We're going to take you up to four o'clock and then we will be returning you to NFL coverage. We'll have coverage of the uh, Raiders Chargers game right now. It's Chargers 3-0 late in the first quarter in Los Angeles. Uh, and when we come back, it'll be just calls the rest of the way. Uh, so 402-951-1620 on the Lus Hills Harley-Davidson hotline. And we will be back with more of our breaking news coverage of Scott Frost being dismissed as Nebraska head coach. Uh, on 1620 The Zone, 1620TheZone.com, and Zone TV.
3: Hey, I'm Jackie, and a little thing
0: I love about the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit is the chicken. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.